0: Fast, efficient, and affordable business grade hosting solutions, domain registration, SSL certificates, and more. We also monitor and provide website security and update services, website builds, email hosting, amongst other sensational products. If you have a question about your web page or your presence on the internet in general, no job is too big or too small. Visit our website today, or better yet, contact us at blueoceanwebhosting.com.au and leave your website issues to
1: us. Big ones, little ones, fiddly ones, powerful ones. The ones for the car or the truck, caravan, boat, mobility scooter, solar system. In fact, for any kind of battery, go straight to Battery Central Ipswich. They'll even help you when you know what you need to power but have no idea what'll do the job. Battery Central Ipswich, 280 Brisbane Street West Ipswich, behind the yellow building. Expert advice, better batteries, best prices, every day. That's Battery Central Ipswich.
0: Hello and welcome to episode 742. This is the Aussie Tech Head Show. I'm Jason Oakley and this is Will. Hey Will. Are you
2: sure? What's up? Um, You said it was good. Lights. <laughs> Hang on, I can fix that. Let me. There you go. How's he been? Uh, you know. Uh, How's
0: he really been? Wondering along. I've got some new headphones. Pretty cool. It's got
2: this thing. They're white. (laughs)
0: White. Yeah, they're all white. Let's back out again. And I got this clamp to clamp it to the table so I can hang my headphones off it. Did you find your 3D printed one? You
2: mean that one? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) It was sitting right... I knew it was there. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. That's almost exactly the same as yours, except different.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Almost exactly the same, but not at all.
2: I, um, I discovered over the, the time, I can't use it on this table because this is one of those old 1970s chipboard tables with laminate tops. Yep. You know, on the really skinny steel legs. <laughs> and uh, this screw part, when you screw it up, it just eats into the chipboard. Uh oh, that'll hold you, it on really tight then. After you've used it a couple of times, it just moves, so you tighten up a bit more and more chipboard. See, look, that's all covered in chipboard. Yeah. So you keep <laughs> tightening up, and it just keeps eating into the chipboard, so... of a wind-up, Governor. Uh, yeah, can't really use it on
0: this table. <laughs> uh, oh, well. Mine's got, like, this laminated
2: top-bottom sides and everything. Yeah, if it had the bottom, laminated bottom as well, it'd be fine, but it, it's not. It's pre-that. It's. Uh, yeah. It's it's the old, oldie, the oldie tabley. <laughs> it's you know the ones that have got the, the real the ones that you lean against and you, you can't walk away an hour later and you're just covered from the waist down in chipboard. <laughs> all of my kitchen cupboards,
0: especially the ones up above the stove, are all chipboard from nineteen seventies. Nice. So the stove every day has got like sawdust. <laughs> so you wipe off all the sawdust. Next day, sawdust everywhere. Wipe off all the sawdust. Turn it on. You get a nice woody smell of burning wood. If you it's, like that kind of smell, it's, it's really good. makes you
2: feel like you're cooking on an open fire.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Even
2: while you nearly are cooking on an open fire in that case. Yeah, well, I remember my grandma's kitchen was, the house was um, built in 19... Uh, 19- I want to say nineteen twenties in in the late not mid to late twenties. Yep. Um and the only renovations that got done to the house, well the only major renovations that got done to the house was a retrofit in the seventies. Yep. So ninety percent of the house was pastels and the kitchen was green, almost like green screen green, like the green you yep. know, like um pastel green countertops and cupboard doors yep. and the rest of the kitchen was this really funky square check ribbed plastic sort of stuff like uh, it was right. wavy yep. and it was blue so the entire <laughs> kitchen was pastel green and pastel blue uh dear dear, dear very just, 70s. first thing of a morning you walk in there and you're just like Ow, my eyes. <laughs> the feature- yeah, it's not
0: quite that bad here, but it still, everything looks 1970s style. I mean,
2: it was that old. It had, like, the feature wall in the back of the kitchen was burnt orange. Yep. And the table and chairs was that really lovely brown color that everything was back then. Yeah, everything's brown. <laughs> <you>? <laughs> and the carpet in the kitchen, because that was the thing, was purple. <laughs> I see. <laughs> and the clock on the wall was um stamped copper, yep, um with peacock feathers stuck in it. Oh okay <laughs> because fashion. <laughs> and like, over the years, obviously that tidy thing. But the kitchen in my entire memory of that house, even, When it got resold and rented out later on, and one of my family actually rented it 10 years after grandma died, the kitchen still hadn't been touched. The entire house had been renovated. The kitchen's still exactly the same as it was. The one main thing you would think. (laughs) And even all the cupboards, the handles were like a bone ivory curl. With a button you had to press to unlock the, the every single yeah. My grandparents had that. <laughs> every single cupboard was the same. Was like, <laughs> wow, really? Like they um, renovated the bathroom like thirty-seven times, and it was perfectly fine. It's like you couldn't spend a few dollars on the kitchen. Kitchen,
0: yeah. <laughs> Nobody goes in the kitchen. We put something in the microwave. Come back ten minutes later, and they need it. That's all.
2: Oh, and the the light shade was it. Kind of looked like satin. It was this big yellow orb. With these orange rings around it. And that was the light shade in the kitchen. It was like you just lit up a planet when you turn the light on. (laughs) It casts these circles in the kitchen. Which was great because by the time it got out to the bench at the edge of the kitchen, it was exactly in line with one of the rings. So it was in shade. So the bench that you're trying to prep your meal on was in complete darkness. (laughs) (laughs) So it was perfect. (laughs) <laughs> uh, no good planning going on there. Oh man, the memories, i tell you what That was just <laughs> burnt into my brain That picture like it's... <laughs> I remember one
0: of my aunties One of the houses she was in when I was a kid Had like There's like a sheet across the lounge room ceiling Yeah Hanging And I'm
2: like They'll canvas Why, what I Some don't know. They probably had a pressed tin. Was it a high roof? An old ten- uh ish I yeah, think an yeah, ten footer. So they probably, In Newcastle. They probably had a pressed tin, um, uh, ceiling. Ceiling that was probably lead paint, and it was probably yep. peeling. So they'd hung a canvas under the lead paint, mm. and originally it would have been stapled all the way around and pulled tight. But over the years, the canvas stretches and it sags. Yeah. It was quite a common. Retro- it's very sagged. Yeah. It was, and the lead paint lands on it and you know, weighs it down. But it was actually quite a common way to cover the lead paint off those tin pressed tin uh, faces. You which probably wouldn't want to live there, though. Worth an absolute fortune, by the way, now. If you can find a, an original press, not, not they're the remaking them now in their fiberglass, but yeah. if you can find the old school pressed tin architraves that used to go on the 10 foot ceilings. They're worth a fortune. They're a, I, know. I know somebody who's got... They um, found him in an old barn that yep. was obviously... they When they renovated the house, they took them out and put them in the barn. and Oh, no, it was actually Grandma's house. That's right. Because the entire time I remember Grandma's place, it only it had 10-foot ceiling everywhere in the house except the land's room had an 8-foot ceiling for some reason. Right. <laughs> so And the same thing happened. They had lead paint, so what they did was they put a fake ceiling in at 8-foot and just yep. left a cavity in between them, which, you know, because animals don't live in that sort of thing. Yep. Um, <laughs> not on a farm. And when the house got renovated, they pulled that eight-foot ceiling down and exposed the old tin um, that was under it. And they got a painter in, and he goes, look, he said, I'll tell you what, I'm going to call a specialist in. One, because it's lead paint, I don't want to deal with it, but that's beside the point. Um, he's going to call a specialist in who's going to... Individually remove all the little tiny pin nails that held all that architrave up, all that tin up. and They're going to remove it. They're going to media blast it, repaint it, and put it back up in the same way it was taken down. See, because each one of those tiles is worth in excess of a thousand dollars. huh And there was like forty-five tiles or something on the roof. That's he nuts. said. Do not get rid of them. He said, like they are worth. And this was thirty years ago. So, I'd, I'd hate to know what they're worth now. <laughs>
0: <coughs> they're on eBay. R at R
2: E rare. Yeah. $1 million each. Yeah, well, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, a lot of people threw them out when they are renovated. They're like, oh, we don't want those. And they reef them down, bend them all up and chuck them out. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're so hard to come by now that people are finally realizing they're actually worth money. Right. Especially if it's the center one with the... Uh, the ro- the rosette and like the 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 ring for the light fitting and everything. That, oh yeah, yeah, whole, I've seen those. Yeah, the actual assembly that <coughs> sort of drops down and comes down, that's worth a lot of money. Uh-huh. Uh, so a lot of the old stuff in home renovations is now actually, um, people are finding stuff that over the years has just been covered over or or you know forgotten about inside walls. And they're paying for the whole renovation with these things they're finding.
0: I remember seeing one recently. These people bought a place and they took out a wall and there was a full bathroom in there that had been walled up. (laughs) Yeah. It's just like we just (laughs) found... It wasn't on the plans or anything because they got the plans. But, um, yeah, they were like, we need to take this wall down. Maybe we can extend something out there. There's obviously some space in
2: here and there's a full bathroom. Nothing wrong with it. How do you not walk around your house and go... Why does it seem like there's a ten foot cavity over there? Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> you know how how does that end up being a thing? It's like this place here. I remember reading a story on these on these guys. They were renovating their house and they'd pulled up the carpet and there's this monopoly board underneath the carpet. Yeah, <laughs> whole lounge room sized. It's like yeah, I'd, pff, cool. I'll be in that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, or you see there's like cellars and attics and. Safes yeah, with stuff in them, safes, and or people have left notes like in the wall for somebody else to find, and yeah, it's actually pretty cool sometimes when you. Find I've seen guys
0: who're buying like um, plastic skulls and
2: bones and sticking them in there, so they'll think that someone had died and got boarded up. <laughs> yeah, there's one. Uh, uh, I was watching. He he built. I'll see if I can find it. Um, basically made a what would look like a um mouse hole. But he put a door on the front of it and he opened it up and there's a little TV and fridge and, like, table. Oh, and... yeah, yeah. I saw somebody <laughs> did
0: that with a light socket too. It's
2: like a replica of his lounge room inside the light socket if you open it up. And it lit up. Oh, and, really? And, yeah. I didn't see that one. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. But it kind of reminded me of that scene in uh, Man in Black where he opens the locker and there's, you know, that whole oh, yeah, inside yeah. the locker. yeah <laughs> <laughs> So. And it turned out that our universe was
0: inside a locker as well. Yeah. After we were in a marble bag in the first
2: one. Yeah. The second one, we were inside a locker. Um, that's amazing. Like what people find when they're doing renovations. I mean, I've never found anything. The coolest thing I found was an old like nineteen forties or fifties or something Coke bottle. Yeah. Um. That was that was pretty cool. But some people find all sorts of stuff. Um,
0: that's the problem with Australia we don't have like anything old enough 10,000 years of history with people having castles and mm. uh, all sorts of stuff happen
2: that's it it's not really old enough to have any of that Be a thing. you might find paintings in a cave but that's about it yeah um, yeah but we don't have the we don't have the and that, that's one thing people say oh you know we went and visited this old historic town in Scotland or you know, or Island or one of those places. And it's, you know, 10,000 years old and it's a castle and it still works. And half it's been, you know, renovated, and, and it's like, we got nothing in this country that's, yeah, you know. if you're... And then the visitors complain. They're like, well, why'd they build it so close
0: to Heathrow Airport? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's too noisy. And you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was just watching a video before. And there was this woman who rang up the, um, radio station to complain because she said, I, I drive along this in America, somewhere like Minnesota or something. like I drive along this road and I noticed that three times I've had car accidents hitting deer. And every time it was shortly oh, after I see one of those signs that sign? says deer crossing. Yeah. And she's like, why do they put a crossing for the deers on the interstate? Why are they telling the deer to cross a, go across there? And he's like, no, ma'am, ma'am, listen, no. That's it's not for the deer. It's to let you know that it's a heavily...
2: Missing is all that's going on there.
1: i to voice my opinion on something that's been bothering me for a really long time. Okay. Um, I, I tried writing the newspaper and contacting uh, TV stations, but nobody seems to want to play with this. So that's why I'm calling you guys. Okay, <laughs> what's, the, um, what's the issue? Well, over the past few years, I've been involved in three separate car accidents involving deer mm-hmm. uh, you know with the population and everything. Um, each of these incidents, they've occurred shortly after I saw a deer crossing sign on the highway. Well, my frustration is that Minnesota and North Dakota Department of Transportation would allow these deer crossings to be in such high traffic areas. <laughs> I mean, I haven't see seen them on the interstate. Why are we mm-hmm. encouraging deer to cross at the interstate? I don't get it. That's such a high traffic area. I mean, are you, you know, I understand that deer wild animals. And they need to travel across the streets occasionally to survive. And you now, of course, to find food. But um, it seems to me that so irresponsible of us to allow these deer Deer crossings to be in areas where these deer are so likely to be struck by oncoming traffic. I mean, wouldn't you agree?
0: (laughs) Um. What do you say to that? (laughs) Checkmate atheists. Uh, But
2: there goes the whole survival of the fittest fittest theory. (laughs) What? People like that even live... Yeah, I know. It's like, how did you get to even get a driving license in the first place? Yeah, <laughs> and he goes,
0: "This, this not for the deer; it's for the people to know this heavily populated by deer in that area." She's like, "No, it's for the deer. Yeah. It tells them to cross there. That's how they know." Yeah, it's like, okay, we'll
2: get somebody onto it then. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, let's let's go to the next caller. Next caller, cook are you saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was one of my favourite. And there's another one with a guy who. Um, uh, report his he his car works during the day he rings the BMW dealership and his car works during the day but it doesn't work overnight. a night Yeah. and she says what do you mean he says well over day I put it in D for day and I drive around perfectly fine but over yep. a night time when I go put it in night mode it doesn't go anywhere uh. and she's like what do you mean night mode he goes yeah I put it in N for night mode and the car won't move <laughs> <laughs> Only drive at night. That's how you say
0: petrol. <laughs> There's less traffic on the road. You got one of those special nighttime only cars.
2: I'm uh, like, how do I just don't? I can't even begin <laughs> to understand some people. Like, <laughs> oh dear. Uh, should we do some news? Nice?
0: Auckland is the latest area to see a multi-billion dollar investment from Amazon Web Services which intends to build a new region in New Zealand's largest city. Three availability zones linked with fully redundant dedicated fibre links will be built and opened in 2024, AWS said. The total investment in the AWS Asia-Pacific Auckland region amounts to an estimated $7.5 billion New Zealand. An AWS commissioned economic impact study suggests that around 1,000 new jobs will be created, and that the region will generate a financial impact of 10 billion over the next 15 years. Anchor tenants for the Auckland AWS region are expected to be the New Zealand government departments, banks like ANZ and BNZ, RNZ, Zero, Vodafone, and others. ADO- AWS has had an office in New Zealand since 2013 as an investor in the Trans-Pacific, Hawaii cable system connecting Australia, New Zealand, and the States. Currently, AWS operates two CloudFront content delivery network edge connections and Outpost hybrid clouds in Auckland. The Auckland announcement follows AWS starting work on three new availability zones in Melbourne in December last year to be operational in 2022. An increasing number of data centre facilities are under construction. in Auckland, with Microsoft announcing in May last year, it'll build an Azure region in the city. There yeah. you go, some good investment for New Zealand. I thought we don't often have stories for New Zealand on this show, so it'd be something different.
2: Yeah, well, they what was it last week. I think we were still on the show that they're just like, they're, they just talked about the, they're doing the one in Melbourne. They've got one plan. I think they have one plan from Sydney. <laughs> And I think I'm going to do one in Darwin or Perth. Right. So, and as we're saying, like, it it, don't, it won't affect you mostly. Except um, like ping times, it's going to make a huge difference. Yep. Or busy times on the undersea cable or congestion will help a bit. Um, yep. well, they have one, CDN, which will spread everything everywhere, so. Yeah. The one thing i will be interested to see is if the pricing structure stays the same. Yep. The reason I say that is traditionally hosting is quite a, uh, expensive in Australia. And if you ever hosted a, uh, a semi-powerful server like a gaming server, whether it's a Minecraft server or whether it's something that uses a Get bit of resources, yeah. you can have a Minecraft server that'll host 20 people in the States for $4 a month. Mm. But a Minecraft server that hosts two people in Australia is $20 a month.
1: Yeah, <laughs> a so, bit different.
2: It'll be interesting to see if the hosting cost stays the same. That's why we um, use Creeper Host in the end for a while. For a while, yeah. Uh, cause they, but even that, you know, you're still relying on a. on. We still had obviously ping issues because it was an American, an American host. yeah, they were cheap, but, you, you know. Um, and they're getting rid of their AWS platform as we know it anyway. Apparently they're. They're renaming it or reconfiguring it or something because I got an email the other day from them saying that your well, AWS search is becoming open search. Yeah. They said something about your AWS server is going to be changed and you need to log back on to update it to this version to change this and do this and adjust this. I'm like, I haven't had a server. <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, I logged on to it the other day and said, Congrats. They said, like, uh, server runtime was like 3,647 days or something. I'm like, <laughs> ah, probably should have turned that off Yeah, <laughs> I was still obviously
0: not doing it I was it. getting emails every month when I had my AWS I even when I
2: shut apparently. it down <laughs> uh. well I wasn't anywhere near my limit because um, yep. so you weren't running, using yeah, the template yeah, I, I didn't even know I still had it <laughs> and it was still running it was con- well it tells you how long ago it was because it was configured when we were testing Minecraft servers So it was, it was con- configured with the Linux back end running minecraft and it was like like, yeah it was terra firma or it was um ftb uh one of the really early ones we were playing but yeah yep um no it was i think i think it might have been terra firma so yeah it was a long time ago and it was version you know like whatever it was 1.2 or something so (laughs) it's like now we're on 116 you know, and no, like TerraFirmaCraft, like 1.2, and they're up to like version oh, eight right. or something now. So it was <laughs> a long time ago. And I just for chits and giggles, I logged onto it, and yeah, it was just plugging away. Yep. Problem with terra firma Craft is it's real time, even when the chunk's not loaded. Oh. So after that, oh, your yeah, crops were grown, really tall. You know, everything was dead. <laughs> the animals were dead. The crops were dead. The the <laughs> The like, river was dried up, the house had fallen down like it was like, <laughs> <laughs> like oh,
1: <Oops. laughs> apparently
2: if you leave the server running, it, it continues to run the game. <laughs> so that's still running, by the way. <laughs> I couldn't figure out how to turn it off, so I left it running.
0: My <laughs> when, when name's disappearing every week. Why? Disappears a bit more.
2: Why? What <laughs> have you done?
0: I can't change that on my
2: end. It's an obvious thing. Why does it? Yeah, I know. That's what I mean. Like, you're, for some reason, your capture keeps moving. Yeah. Yeah, let's try that and see what happens. Weird. Oh, no, I don't I don't understand technology in the slightest. No. <laughs> Leave it up to the experts. Yeah, if there's any experts, have out you tried there, turning it <laughs> off and on again? If there's anybody out there who understands technology, <laughs> us up, will you? <laughs> What About these these guys, Aussie Techheads. Well, Aussie Techheads <laughs> apparently not. <laughs> blue Ocean might. Blue Ocean's probably got a better chance at it. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, just once again, just to remind you guys, if you were with Aussie Techheads, you will be getting a migration <laughs> notification to go across to um, Blue Ocean. Which is still Glenn still runs it, still good. It's just a, a uh, cool name. He's se- basically separating ATH, which has now sort of gone to the podcast media route and keeping Blue Ocean as the hosting side of it. Yep. Um, you will have to migrate your emails eventually. I haven't done mine at the moment. I'm still using the Aussie Tech Ed servers for emails. Yep. Uh, you bet you'll get a migration notice on that too. But I think he's leaving that as it is for a while because. That's a right roll pain in the arse, changing across email hosts. Would be, yeah. yeah. Uh, especially <laughs> when you've got 14 computers and 12 different accounts across those. And yeah, nah, no, yeah. not fun. So for now, that's still working, so i haven't got to worry about that. Um, and don't if, forget, you can sponsor us. Fine. I'll just skip Battery Central <laughs> then, will I? <laughs> fine. Don't worry about Battery Central. Don't, you just ignore that completely. It's got nothing to do with anything. Uh, we don't know who they are. <laughs> we've just moved we're in a bigger shop now it's freaking huge it's actually way too big but the opportunity was there to take it so we took it I'm thinking about starting up a roller derby (laughs) (laughs) that would be awesome (laughs) I'll get the old disco ball back out put the roller derby down and we can start that every Wednesday night or something (laughs) because there's so much room in this place it's insane (laughs) at
0: least you're at the front now people can find you quick and easy yeah
2: exactly no it's good um we, I actually have had a couple of people walk in over the last couple of days and go, oh, I saw your sign on driving past the other day. So that's good because that's the whole point. We moved because yep. you couldn't see it from so we down the back of the complex. So yep. the move hopefully will power for itself. Um, but just a reminder, if you do have um, batteries or you want information or just general questions or you want to know something that the internet don't believe most things, anything to do with solar and batteries, don't believe like 90% of what you find on the internet. Especially those Facebook ads that pop up um, and go,
0: hey, the government's going to give you
2: $10,000 if you get your roof filled with solar yeah. right now. But not even that. Like your off-grid stuff in particular or camping information or jill battery setups or battery setups in general. Most of the things, forums you'll find, um, they have paid people to write stuff on those forums. So it's not necessarily true to the point that in real world it might be true uh marketing like uh, that's what their marketing stuff says so it's true in that regard but so much of that stuff isn't actually realistic in the real world um but you can hit us up you can go to a intermediately moderately well-designed website that's currently under development and changing all the time um you go to batterycentralipswitch.com.au we also have our specials page up there with when we uh do some deals and some stuff up there at the moment. Um, hopefully I'll be doing some videos so you can find those there or on our YouTube channel. Or you can give us a call three seven three six zero two nine seven 297 070 code. Um, as I said, even if you don't want to purchase something you just want some information, feel free to give us a call or shoot us an email. Uh, info if at there's services. something at um, batteries, we'll know it. And even, well, wherever you are, whatever area you're in, even if I can't help you, I can find somebody who can. So, let us know. Um, it was course- like when I when I got my um, solar put on, I didn't
0: just go with whatever I saw advertising. I was in a local secondhand shop and they had a plaque on the wall saying solar panels installed by this company. And so I looked them up on the internet and there was a news story how the local volunteer radio station, they did all of the solar for them as well. Oh, nice. So I thought, well, these are obviously... Well known in the community, they've done a couple of big projects, so they know what they're talking about. So um, I saw some good reviews, so I thought I would go with them, and they've been
2: really good. That's it. Yeah, you don't don't believe everything you read. Do you know? As I say, due diligence. It's hard though because when, and this guy's not too, batteries. Okay, part of the reason battery and solar is so so much bad information out there. One. It's a very old industry, so there's had plenty of time for there to be bad information propagated. Yep. But most people who write an article or write information are doing it because they're paid, not because they know what they're doing. Define, even as when it comes to dealing with companies directly, and I have this problem on a regular basis, I can pick up the phone and go, hey, your ad says this, but is this actually legit? Like, can I buy your battery and do this with it? And they go, Oh, <laughs> <laughs> So even half of the companies themselves aren't aware of what their product does. Yep. Um that's where we come and do an R&D and all that sort of stuff to make it happen but uh it goes it's true across the board like don't just internet search stuff. It's fine to get leads and get information and get ideas, but when it comes to actually doing something, ring the people who have industry experience. Um yep. the people who have nothing to hide. And the people who know what they're talking about will give you information openly. The people who don't know what they're doing, and are afraid of revealing secrets because they know something that nobody else knows, which means they don't know anything, um, are the ones who make who they they won't want to give you information because they they don't know it. They'll probably have yeah. a super amazing deal. It's too good to be true. A limited time offer. Throwing some steak knives. Exactly, and if you say to them, "Well, what's this and this, and how old are these, and when were these made, and what do they do?" and they go, "Look, do you want them or not?" It's like well, that's just—I just made this thing.
0: company this morning. I shut down my last two solar companies because yeah. of bankruptcy. <clears throat> There's one in Australia like that. I saw it on the. There's a couple. You go to the Whirlpool forums. And they're like, what are, what do you think of this guy? It looks like a really good deal, too good to be true. They're like, that guy has had four solar companies in Australia. They've all been shut down and he just yep. spins up another one and off he goes um, again. And the problem is, those
2: four companies that he's already had, you can't get support anymore because they don't exist. That's right. There's several battery companies or battery sellers like that too. Um, there's a couple at the Gold Coast and a couple up at uh, Cairns that I'm aware of. Uh, not Cairns, Bundaberg. Um, and they do, you see their ads, they're one of the very common companies, you see their ads all the time pop up on Facebook and pop up on, on Go- Google as, as you know, paid ads. And this one particular company has, I'm aware of three iterations yep. that they've shut down and reopened the company. But they're even more cheeky than that. They've shut down and reopened the company with the same company name. <laughs> because they've deregistered the company. Yeah. And then the next day, they've gone and re-registered it with new owners. <laughs> which is the same people. Which is the same people. So it's... You s- under new management. <laughs> yeah. So the same company. But, and people don't see it because nothing has actually changed. It's exactly the same from a trading point of view. Yep. Um, You're your Fred's
0: batteries, right? Not not the one that you bought the batteries from. Where where the new Fred's batteries? But we don't honour the old Fred's yeah. batteries warranties.
2: Well, I wasn't even aware of it until I saw a post about them in I think it was uh, Sydney Morning Herald. Yep. They actually said beware of this company because they're, they're, this is exactly what they're doing. Um, How they, does that stay legal? They're li- because they're shelf companies because it's done by a, it's done by a trust. Uh-huh. And they just open a shelf company with which has no ramifications and no authority and no, there's no nothing there. it there is nothing happens. They order uh, ten containers, bring ten containers in, don't pay the supplier, and then when the supplier starts threatening for legal action to chase them for the money, they just shut down the company, transfer the sale, fire sale the stock to the new company. That's yep. the, that's the old company. Yep. and sell that one for the next six months until they run out of stock and do it all again. Yeah. <laughs> and it's rife in the industry. There's this one company I know that's doing it. There's one I suspect's doing it. Um, and there's a dozen that I'd be really surprised if they weren't doing it. <laughs> um, you know, but it, it's, uh, it's such a fickle industry. It really is. And the problem is most people think, oh, it's a car battery, just here, have that one. You know, I'll go to your place and install your car battery. It'd be thirty-five bucks, and you can have a battery and install. And it's like, yeah, okay. So there's that. That's a that's a battery. It's going to last three months. Yeah, and you're not going to get a warranty because they're not going to give it to you because you they're not going to be around in three months' time to do it. They only <laughs> got a mobile number and a car that drives around with a few stickers on it. Yeah, and this is going. This is this is what we're facing as a. I mean, don't get me wrong. Look, I'm I'm fortunate that we have the customers we have and I'm glad that we do but as an independent operator we face this all the time we don't have well, by choice we don't have preferred suppliers um, yep. there's batteries I prefer to sell but yep. not necessarily through a particular supplier I can get them in several, from several different suppliers so my job is to pass the best deal on to the customers yep. but there's people who are selling the same batteries I'm selling for they're either selling them at ten dollars on cost to make a sale because they're operating out of their mate's workshop who's got a container in his backyard, yep. and they don't have any overheads. Yep, you know. So I might charge, let's say, I charge two hundred bucks for a battery, which if you went to a bigger company that's purple and yellow, um, it might be three hundred bucks. Yep. But Bob's garage down the road is selling the same battery for one hundred and fifty. You know, because they don't have overheads. So it's it's a really... Um, and if you want support later... Well, that's the thing. Luck. But the thing is, they don't know what they're selling you. There's just the battery that they have that's going to fit your car. They don't know anything about it. They can't tell you where it comes from. They can't tell you the lifespan. They can't tell you how reliable it's going to be. They can't tell you the capacity of it. They can't tell you any of that. Yep. It's just a the battery they have that's going to fit and take it or leave it. And make some money. You know.
0: <laughs> And, half and you're the, saying there's, a lot of them are just rebranded anyway.
2: There's a lot of batteries that <clears throat> there's... Um, that Fred come Super out of, Lithium. <laughs> well, the, for example, there, there's, a manufa- like, there's some really good manufacturers who make different levels of batteries. So for the manufacturer we use, for example, I know for a fact they make five levels in their battery yeah. range. We deal with them in the top three tiers we get the top three tier batteries that they produce one of our i want to say competitors somebody else in the same industry who sells a battery that looks very similar um sells the bottom two b- tiers sells their entry level one and the next one up but they sell that as their standard line and their premium line now they put a three year and a five year warranty on those batteries we're only putting a two year on the top range ones Yep. But you read their warranty card and their pro rata warranties. So the entry level one has a six month replacement with a three year pro rata, and the next one up has a twelve month replacement with a f- with a five year pro rata. And basically, if you're not sure what a pro rata is, it's worthless completely. But effectively, what it is is, let's say it's a five hundred dollar battery because it makes the maths easy, and it's got a five year pro rata warranty on it. So effectively, that battery is worth Five hundred dollars the first year, four hundred the next year, three hundred the next year, two hundred the next year, one hundred the next year. But you won't get a replacement. What it means is if that battery lasts four and a half years and wears out, that battery is worth a hundred dollars. So when you buy the next five hundred dollar battery, it's only going to cost you four hundred dollars. But that's okay because it only costs the company two hundred dollars anyway. Yep. So they've now Win-win. got they've got nine hundred dollars out of you for something that's cost them three hundred dollars. So pro rider warranties aren't worth the paper they're written on because they actually cost you more money because you pay more money for the product because they have to put a bigger buffer in to support the pro rider. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so wow. yeah, it's if you have pro rider warranties on anything, steer clear because it's a guaranteed to be a bad product in sheep's clothing. Because Coming it, to dodgy brothers batteries. You wouldn't. Well, it's not just batteries, but anything. You won't get a pro-rata warranty on anything that's good quality because I'll just replace it after three. You know, if it's got a three-year warranty, it's a three-year replacement warranty because I know that product will last longer than three years. Yeah. If I give you a five-year pro-rata warranty with a six-month replacement, it means that battery's only going to last eight months. Yeah. And then when you replace it, you're only going to get $200 off the next battery you buy and I'm still making money on both the batteries you just purchased. Yeah. <laughs> And then I take that battery back to my supplier and go, Hey, I sold this battery three months ago and it's failed. Give me another one. Yeah. So, <laughs> so get not, an extra one. not only do I make two sales from you, I get a replacement from my supplier.
0: <laughs> wow.
2: Yeah. <laughs> what a scheme. <scam. laughs> so they actually want pro rider batteries to fail. Yeah. Cause they make money on it. They don't make money if it doesn't fail. Mm. So, pro rider warranties in most countries are banned. Yeah. For that exact reason. wonder. Not here. No, not here. But yeah, there is a interesting law that you should be aware of. It's called expected lifetime law or expected lifetime. Um, basically, what it means is that regardless of the warranty on the product, if you've bought a $500 product, and there's another $500 product on the market, regardless of the warranties they come with, if this product lasts 10 years and the one you bought lasts two years, even if it only had a six-month warranty, and this one's regularly shown to last 10 years, then you're entitled to a replacement because you've paid the same amount for that product. Uh, So you should, as far as it's expected life, it's expected to last as long as this product because it was the same price. Yep. So that's a very handy little... Um, loophole to get around people who don't want to honour warranties. Um, the, ACCC, to. the ACCC the A triple C will enforce that, or Consumer Affairs will enforce that, yep. if you push them hard enough. It's a lot of paperwork for them, so they don't generally. But you can say, "Well, what about what about um, expected life warranty?" And they go, "Fine." <laughs> <laughs> so, but that's a good bunch, and it applies to anything, like fridges, cars, whatever. Um yep. we I actually had a case, I, I bought some fridges from Harvey Norman. Uh good brand name fridges actually. Um, but they're the same price as you know, Fisher and Pikel and Samsung and and yep. whatever. And the Fisher and Paykel and the Samsung and a few other brands, the high Sense, all have I guess five year warranties. Yep. And these had a three year. But they're still a decent brand. I thought I oh, they last five years. Yep. Three years and like one month later, the it's- fridge failed. Uh, it wasn't even, actually. It wasn't even that. It was like twelve months. It was like thirteen months after I bought it, the fridge failed, um, and I tried to get a warranty. Yeah, that's right they only had twelve months warranty on them. I think my run out model or something. And I tried to get a warranty on. Them. They said, "Oh know they're out of warranty by like a month." I'm like, "Well, okay, we can do this one of two ways. I paid the same amount for this as I paid for more ex- for a, as you've got advertised for a Samsung or an LG, which has got like a five year warranty on it." Yep. So you can either honour the warranty, you can either you know give me it under fair use and we can swap it over or I can go to um, Consumer Affairs. And being Harvey Norman, they didn't want to know about it. Did take me three months to go through Consumer Affairs in which time I'd already bought another fridge. Yep. But they did eventually come to the party because I said, look, comparatively speaking... These fridges are lasting at least five years because they've got a five year warranty on them. This fridge, which is the same price, they only want to put on a 12 month warranty on it. And they're like, yeah, well, you can't do that. (laughs) And that's where Apple got into a lot of trouble because Apple were charging a premium for their products. Yeah. And they weren't warrantying them because the exact same thing. Like they were only putting a 12 month warranty on their products, but everyone else in the industry was doing two or three years. Yep. And consumer affairs want no. Well, hang on a minute. You're paying more for a product, and you're giving them a less warranty. Doesn't make sense. That's not how it works. <laughs> <laughs> so they forced Apple into putting a two year on it. Yep. Which made Apple put their pricing up. <laughs> yeah. But you Good know. <laughs> so Let's don't buy Apple. Um. But yes, we also have um a Patreon and a coffee and a PayPal and a few other ways uh, you can. Donate to us if you feel so inclined. Don't feel obliged, but it does certainly help us out. It helps us with hosting and helps us with buying programs for streaming and a few other bits and pieces. Headphones. And, uh, yeah, headphones. And, and well, I mean, I was going to say it helps out Glenn, but I don't think anything can help Glenn at this point. I think it's beyond <laughs> help. So, um, and also, if you go to Patreon and you do sign up for some of the higher tiers, you. You look at some of the bonuses we have there, and there is um, some of the higher tiers have included uh, web hosting and things like that. So if you are thinking about starting up a website, have a look at that, and it might be a better option for you. You get to support us, and you get free web hosting out of it. Yep, so. epic win, win win. These guys, Blue Revolution. Ocean. Yeah, although actually, I think I've got to update the Patreon. I think it still says Aussie Techheads on there. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's
2: on my to do list, like everything else. <laughs> It's like Homer Simpson doing
0: the um, white noise machine for Marge. (laughs) 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 (laughs)
1: Uh,
2: My to-do list has its own to-do list. (laughs) (laughs) You wonder. Um, My turn, isn't it? Hi. Well, someone's talking about iPhones. iPhone storage almost full after installing iOS 15. Yay. Congratulations, Uh, (sighs) Apple. Good work. <laughs> so, uh, apparently, their latest update, because they're really on the ball, tells you you don't have any storage left, regardless of how much you actually have left. Um, there's people saying they're having... Uh, some of them have f- over 50 gig free. Yep. And are saying phone storage is almost full. Um, wow. And the expert advice from Apple is don't panic, don't delete things, just wait for us to release an update. <laughs> Yikes! Uh, the problem is that a lot of applications won't work correctly because it says it's full. It says it's full. You can't take photos. You can't take videos. You can't copy files across. You can't um, install Get apps. You can't. Well, yeah, even to a point, your emails are going to stop working. You can't do web browsing because you haven't got room for cache. So, other than that. Um, Everything's tickety boo. Just wait for Apple. <laughs> or don't install the latest update. Yeah, Or, I mean, time to switch. Yeah, buy a real phone. Yeah. Which, you know, is also a possibility. Xiaomi. But, yeah, Xiaomi, you know, uh, even a ha- Huawei, you know, that's fine too. My way or the Huawei? That's it. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, so apparently it's just, that it's rife apparently too. It's not just a intermediate problem, it affects. Um according to a poll that they put up on uh, who was this, James Moore or somebody? Put a poll up on Twitter and they had like ten thousand things and like ninety five percent of them said they had this problem. Wow. How that, that got through testing. <laughs> Did they not do pen testing? Like what? any testing. Yeah, though, oh we've just developed just developed this new operating system. Have you tested it? Oh, it's Tuesday. We've got to get it out. <laughs> We're Apple. We don't need to test.
0: You don't need to see our test. These are not the tests you're looking for.
2: So, um, according to Apple, they're aware of the bug. Good. That's the end of their quote. <laughs> they literally said, yes, we're aware of the bug. Thank you and good night. That's it. See you next week. Like, <laughs> so, good luck with that. Oh, wow. <laughs> um... It seems to only be on the iPhones. It doesn't seem to be affecting iPads and stuff like that, at least not at this stage. But having said that, it also got only got rolled out for the iPads and stuff later than it did on the iPhone. So yep. maybe it is the same problem and it just hasn't been picked up yet. Or obviously the iPad runs different hardware, so it just may not affect the hardware that's on the iPad. Yeah. So... Somebody's if statement was wrong. Yeah, if you have less
0: than (laughs) anything at all. (laughs) Well, we might as well stick with them. The European Commission will this week present a legislative proposal for a common charger for mobile phones, tablets, and headphones. A move likely to affect iPhone maker Apple more than its rivals. The European Union executive and EU lawmakers have been pushing for a common charger for over a decade, saying it would better, be better for the environment and more convenient for users. The Commission wants the sale of chargers to be decoupled from devices and also propose a harmonised charging port, said. Apple, whose iPhones are charged from its lightning cable, has said rules forcing connectors to conform to one type could deter innovation. Nobody would want that. Would Apple they? knows
2: nothing about innovation <laughs> anyway, so why does it matter?
0: <laughs> and create a mountain of electronic waste. No, it's <laughs> doing the exact opposite to that. And irk consumers. I think they're already irked. Rival Android-based devices are charged using USB-C connectors. Half the charges sold in mo- with mobile phones in 2018 had USB micro B connector, while 29% had USB-C and 21% a lightning connector,
2: according to a commission study. I just found the original article. I was, we were talking before the show about this. I said, so I'm sure I've heard this before. Yep. I just found the original article that goes back to 2016 yep. where the... Um, the euro standards board basically the ones who are talking about it now put in a precedent that every mobile device uh that charges that's consumer charged from a consumer so the person who buys it gets to charge it must have a usb type port so they don't specific that they're, they're at this article they're talking about type c how it's new and good but they're yep. saying it must have a USB style charge port yep. whether it's a or micro or mini or or whatever um but they're saying like this we we're mandating now the Europe, the commission's saying that every everything that comes out from this point on must have this charge port
1: yep.
2: and then it says down here um that Um, in a follow up article to that Apple refused as of July uh, sorry this is the 2006 July 26 2016 this article the updated version was October 26 2000 well that was 2015 the updated article was October 26 2016 so almost a year later Uh, Apple's refused to follow mandates um, and have been fined it doesn't say the fine But it says Apple's just willing to pay the fine on a weekly basis and ignore the mandates. Jeez. They make
0: so much money from selling the charges that are specific for their devices.
2: So basically, every other company in the world in 2015 switched to USB, except Apple, who now is still complaining that they don't want to switch to USB. Like, you've had six years, guys. (laughs) Seven years. Like, if you haven't figured out USB technology by now... Just being arrogant. <laughs> you
0: know, We're so. Apple, we don't have to do what laws say.
2: Oh, it's ridiculous. It's like, you
0: know, with Steve Jobs always buying a car every six months because then he didn't have to put a license plate on his car. Yeah. Because under the local laws, after six months, you had to put a license plate on your car. So every six months, you'll just buy a new car.
2: Mm.
0: There um, you go. I don't conform. I just do what I want.
2: Yeah. <laughs> which I mean and I don't get it like they have the USB-C can do like 5 gigabits a second or something which is faster than what the lightning port does anyway yeah and it's not more not that versus. lightning then is it <laughs> uh, no and it's I mean it was when it came out but it's old to, it's old news now it was come out lightning come out in like 2000 yeah so it's 20 year old technology um but like USB-C not only does charging and does data transfer and does um, OTC, OTC? Uh, um, there. On the go. On the OTG. Um, uh, you know, it does all that that Apple currently doesn't support because Lightning doesn't support half of that stuff. Yeah. You can't plug a USB thumb drive or a USB hard drive into your Lightning port and expect it to work. No. You can with USB-C. You can literally plug take an external hard drive with you if you want to do... There's actually an app I'm looking at. I have a a really weird blind spot in the new shop we've opened up, and I can't really mount a normal camera there because it'd be one incredibly obvious, and two, where it'll sit would be available would be like on the outside of the fence and put in a spot where anybody walking past could rip the camera off because it's like literally right at your face. Yep. And there's software I'm looking that lets me use my phone as a camera which isn't that unusual but it allows writing to of the security data to an external hard drive okay. so i can literally plug an external mini hard drive into my phone on the USB C port and i can record the the captured video data to like a one terabyte external drive and i don't have to worry about it unless i even need to go back and check it yep, yep. and the phone's going to tuck it's literally going to sit actually on the inside of the shed and I'm just going to drill a little pinhole to mount the, the camera through to see the outside. Nice. Then um, it lets me run just to, you know, f- I can go to Officeworks, buy a $50 external hard drive and plug that in. Yep. You, you, can't, go. you can't do that on iPhone. No. <laughs> um, and the other thing I like about the USB-C is you can do, well, depending if your phone supports it, you can do uh, phone-to-phone charging. Yeah, yeah. Um, which sounds really dumb and you think, who's ever going to need that? I've actually used it twice in the last month. Wow. Um, just me completely fed to- I mean, I get so uh, lazy with charging my phone because it the battery life is stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I can almost go a week and not have to worry about it. Nice. Yeah. Um, and I get so lazy doing it. And the other day I was at work or I was heading to work and my phone charger in the car wouldn't work for whatever reason. It decided just today I'm not going to work. It worked before and it's worked since just that particular day. Um, but I had my, because I was playing around with my phones, I had my piggyback connectors in the car and I had the work phone in the car and the work, car, work phone was on like 90%. Yep. So I just piggybacked the work phone, plugged into this one and told it to charge them both or equal the charge out at about um I told I think I told it to bring the charge down on the work phone to like thirty percent, which brought this up to like sixty percent. Yeah. Um and it did it in like twenty minutes. Yeah. Like it was amazingly fast. I'm like, Yeah, and whoever uses that? Like, well there you go. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and the some of the new Samsung ones you can turn into a key charger and just put
2: one on top of the other and you they charge... You can with it. the new, new Xiaomi's too. Yeah. I, disco- I only discovered the other day this doesn't have uh, NFC in it. Oh, okay. Apparently they do two versions and I was unaware at the time. They yep. do one with an NFC and one without. Oh, uh, you would have got one and with... And this is the one without. If I had have known, I would have got one with it. I mean, not that I use it much, yep. but the feud like Google Pay and stuff is handy, but I can use my, my watch. Anyway. If I can... Find it, because the battery's gone flat, and I can't find where it. I got the charger. (laughs) I had my watch on, and it beeped at me, and it goes, "Oh, that's flat. I need to take that off and put on the charger." So you took it somewhere between the lounge, where the phone where it was on my wrist, and the charger, which is four foot to my right it disappeared <laughs> it disappeared <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and i have no idea where
0: it went wherever those missing socks go I, in the I've dryer i
2: literally got the lounge chair and i literally yep. took it tipped it upside down and shook the crap out of it Nothing. and like the entire gobbledock fell out of it but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i i don't know what the hell i've done with i had a little
0: um Fitbit Zip was a tiny little thing that you clip on. Yeah. When I first got into Fitbit stuff, I thought I'd go with a cheap one to see if I like it or whatever. And when I upgraded to the um, watch, I went around to uh, my daughter was living with her mum at that time around the corner, so I took it over there. And I was going to give it to her, and uh, next day can't find it. Doesn't yeah. exist anymore. It's not no. in the house. The dog didn't eat It didn't fall down behind the couch. They searched the whole lounge room everywhere. It's just... Just gone. ...banished itself. Yeah.
2: Well, that's what this watch has done. It's... <laughs> I did find the remote control... The silicon my... heaven. I did find the remote... I've got a head-mounted camera, which I'm going to start using when I record videos for work. Yep. And it has two ways... It has three ways of controlling. You control with the buttons on the camera, app on your phone, or a watch it had that had the record, pause, uh, camera... You know, video or camera option. And I'd lost that for months. And when I was looking for my sports watch, I found that, which (laughs) I thought was it because it was upside down in the corner and they look exactly the same. And I was really Uh, excited because I found them like, ah, well, I've got that now. (laughs) (laughs) One down, one to go. (laughs)
0: Go look for something else. The irony is I didn't even thing. know that
2: I'd lost that because I've never used it because I use the <laughs> app on my phone because it's easier. Yeah. Because if you're holding stuff in your hand or you're already working on the desk, you've already got your phone anyway. Yeah. So I don't use the little remote thing it comes with. But yeah, so... Anyway. <laughs> the problem with small technology... Yeah. Like this thing here, this is my Raspberry Pi um, W, the wireless, yep. the Wi-Fi one. I lost this. I used it as a, um, as a Octopi server, OctoPrint server, and then I upgraded that to the the other device I have, and I intended on using this as a, like a put. Uh, there's a there's a program you can get called MediaSign or something, and what it does is it lets me run a backend, and I can upload videos, and it will just randomly play them in a loop. So it's like for advertisements and stuff like that. I put all the files on, put everything in. And then the next day I went to plug it into the TV to set the media side of it up. And I couldn't find it. Ah. Like for three months, I couldn't find it. Yeah. And then the other day I went to grab a USB stick out of them. Because I've got a... This isn't going to show up because it's green. But I've got a holder that holds on my... um, my thumb drives? Yeah, I printed well. them. And then. for for whatever reason, it was literally sitting in one of the, the slots <laughs> where they were. <laughs> nice and tidy. I'm like, what uh, why? That's I didn't anyway. I
0: saw I saw a Twitter post the other day, this guy had a photo of his new Apple AirPods. He said, I'm never gonna lose these MFOs <laughs> and then
2: a week later he replies to it going, You're never gonna guess what happened. <laughs> I like the Xiaomi um, earbuds. They yep. have a. I don't know if the Apple ones do. They probably do. But the Xiaomi ones have a find me. Oh, right. And they have a yeah. They beep. You can press a button and they beep. They beep and you can walk around till you find where they are. You need that with all your stuff. I do. I really do. Get some Apple tags. You <laughs> was gonna say you can buy those Bluetooth tags that do that. Yeah. Um, no, my luck. They'll go flat though. <laughs> Before I need them. Um. But, um, speaking of losing the plot, the Queensland chuck-in... Chuck, chuck, chuck check chuck-in. Oh, same check. thing. <laughs> the app. Um, the contact tracing app, which is supposedly you, but, and amazing, and fantastic, and reliable, and bulletproof, and secure, and all those things just not. Um, stopped working. <laughs> for like a day. Um, the Queensland... And so... What was happening was if you were using the app, um, it would come up with an error saying location not found. Right. If you scan the QR code and if you tried to enter the number because all the QR codes have got the number underneath it, you can enter manually. Yep. You try and enter that manually, it crashed the app. <laughs> was um, it made by Apple, this program? <laughs> so the uh, digital economy department, that apparently we now have, wow. Yeah. Uh, so that's not ominous at all. So they're experiencing minor technical issues of unknown proportions. It was them hackers. So how do they know it's minor if they don't know what it was? <laughs> uh, that discover. I love this bit. It was discovered through about seven a.m. through routine monitoring. Not the fact that since 4 o'clock that morning they'd received about 20,000 tweets saying their app wasn't working. That had nothing to do with it. They discovered it all by themselves. Clever. (laughs) Um, And then their technical teams worked with their counterparts in the ACT, who are the mob that actually developed it in the first place, because they did the Australia-wide one in the first place. Uh, And they resolved the issue the next morning. (laughs) So... (laughs) Whole day, I just find it hilarious. I think it's just it's great. It really is. Um,
0: Wasn't there a couple of companies, Apple and Google, that built it into their OSs or something that everybody worldwide could have used? Yeah, but chose to do each spend
2: millions of taxpayer <clears throat> money to make shitty ones that don't work. And then on top of that, Australia has its own COVID tracing app. Yep, and so does every state. And technically, if you believe the garbage that they write, you need to use both when you sign in. Because they're both mandated apps. Yep. Um, If you follow the letter of the law, it means you haven't got to do anything because you can't be mandated without a direct contract. But aside from that, federal law always overrides state law. So if both the apps are mandated then technically you only have to use the federal one. Right. Except the QR codes that the state one uses are different to the QR codes that the federal one uses, so you can't use the federal one in the states <laughs> because they don't work. But yet, technically, that's the one you're supposed to use. And sometimes they just don't work at all. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, so that's great. <laughs> but uh, the the whole thing's like a, garbage from one end to the other, but it's just, it's what I don't get, and this is the thing that people are so brainwashed they can't understand. People were not only complaining that the app wasn't working, which, okay, fine, an app's not working, I get it, you put a complaint in. They weren't going into the shops they were going to go into because they couldn't sign in. Ah. So people lost business. And then on top of that, the government places like libraries and stadiums and, you know, government-owned organisations, the people who were trying to enter, who figured the app doesn't work at whatever, I'll just go in anyway, were then being confronted by police, telling them they're going to find them if they don't sign in. (laughs) To something they can't sign in. And then when they couldn't sign in, the police said, well, you have to get out because you can't come in without signing in. (laughs) <laughs> I know this because it happened to a friend of mine. Yeah. He then t- turned around and said to the cop "Well, how'd you get in?" <laughs> and the copper turned around and left. Uh, don't <laughs> because have to that. he couldn't answer that, no. he was like, "Because technically, they have to sign That's in exactly the well. same as everybody else does. Yeah. And if he's in a location that he's has to sign into, and he couldn't sign into, he couldn't be there." So he's given this group, there's about 20 people, they're actually having a work meeting, they're having a conference in the, um, it was in one of the Department of Resources, like Department of Mining or something, in one of the conference rooms. Yep. Um, And uh, there's 20 or 30 of them, they're having a meeting doing what they do, like three times a week. And the cops come in and was like, everybody show me proof that you've signed in. They're like, dude, the app's not working. They're like, well, everybody get out. And he went, well, why are you here? <laughs> and the cop turned around and left. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, dear, dear But yeah, so um, so that's hilarious. I just find it hilarious. Lucky they're <laughs> spending millions and millions of dollars on this. Otherwise, it would be funny. Yeah. Wait. <laughs> Wait. <laughs> it is funny. Adobe has won a lucrative
0: contract to provide the core customer experience technology that will underpin the federal government's new Facebook-inspired myGov digital services platform. There's nothing about that that I like in that sentence. It all sounds perfectly fine. I don't know what you're worried about. <laughs> the vendor scored the $32.3 million deal with Services Australia last month with the software expected to enable the government digital experience platform, DXP, over at least the next three years. GovDXP is currently being developed as a replacement for the existing MyGov government services platform and to give citizens a single personalised view of their actions with the government platform, otherwise known as MyGov beta platform, is expected to use a Netflix model. Sorry, I thought that was funny. MyGov beta. (laughs) I love the beat government, I tell you. Expected to use a Netflix model whereby users are fed service recommendations based on their previous interactions. Delaware began developing the prototype platform for GovDXP in early 2020 using Adobe's content management solution known as Experience Manager after scoring an additional $1 million contract. Mm. But by February 2021, Services Australia was looking for a long-term suite of core CX capabilities namely content management, experience delivery, and experience analytics for GovDXP. It described the software capabilities as the experience management platform, a key component of the overall DXP core that would provide front-end customer facing applications and APIs. According to the original tender documents, the successful tenderer was to provide a CMS capable of integrating with other workflow engines and design and deliver the customer experience. So it'll look pretty, but it'll still run What shite. are
2: I exactly intending on doing with the MyGov? Like, it's literally a data submission service. But it's going
0: to look pretty, and it says Facebook-like and Netflix-like. Now how
2: much would you pay? So it's over, Apparently, so I was going to say, like so dollars? it's over-moderated and very expensive. What's your point? Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work already, so gonna, they haven't got to spend more money to make it not work. It already doesn't work. <laughs> Uh, well, actually, I was talking to a friend about this this afternoon. We're both having the same problems. We can't lock like, When you, when we can finally, after resetting our account a dozen times, get into the MyGov. Yep. Uh, we can't do anything. We can't access the settling like the Medicare thing because it asks you if you settling thing. You go to the settling thing and you, it won't accept your number, mm-hmm. and you can't submit your you can't submit your tax return without having your settling thing set up. But you can't do that. And it's just this giant loop. And then you ring Medicare and go, Hey, can you fix this? And they go, No, you got to do it online. You're like, Yes, but that's why you need to fix it because it doesn't work online. They go, No, you need to do it online. (laughs) Like, (laughs) it's there's just this giant loop that we get stuck in. Um, So, yes, it already doesn't work. So good to see somebody's going to make another, however much that was, couple million dollars on it's still not working. It was.
0: Interesting, the bit I didn't put in there, they mentioned that the current MyGov allows up to 300,000 concurrent users. Right. But the new one is going to allow up to five and a staggering 500,000 at a time, which still won't be enough. And
2: how many people use it at the same time? More than $500,000. i would love to know what their web traffic stats are. I bet you they don't. I bet you there's not that many people using it. Nah, and it still goes to a crawl to its knees. <clears throat> oh, on census night, it was unusable. Mm. I'm assuming people went there to find out what their, you know, because it's got all your information on your income and yeah, all that sort of stuff. So people would have been going there to find that. Yep. Uh, it was completely bogged down on census night where they yeah. might have had 12 or I did or mine a week before. Oh, <laughs> I... I Think I threw mine in the fire, and the person who came back to collect it followed them. <laughs> um, well, that's a funny thing, too. I saw an article about it the other day 75% of households have completed their census, but we're still waiting on the remaining 25%. It's like, but we need collectors, and we need it's Like, you do realize that, like, most of that 25% are in lockdown, yep. and half of them probably haven't been to the letterbox in three months because they're not allowed to. Yep. <laughs> Good luck with that. Uh, you know, so... I know a lot of people who didn't complete it. They just sent them back. Uh, yep. Sent, didn't even open them. They just sent them back. <laughs> returned to sender. Because on the front of it, it just says to the householder. Oh, right. It doesn't specifically say a person. Yep. And they're like, well, screw you. And They just send them back. I mean, it's just a load of crap anyway. Um, You can't tell me they don't have that information. 40, 27 yeah. different v- ways of getting it. So... But, um, yeah, they, they're they complaining. Then they're still after collectors, door-to-door collectors to go and collect it. They're paying there some money. They're paying like 1500 bucks a day to go and collect census. Nice. But you can't because they're all in lockdown areas. So it's like, <laughs> uh, what do you guys want? You, you know, you're making up the rules as you go and you can't even talk to the other government departments. Yeah. You know, it's so dumb. And it's like Queensland, like... Everyone's like, we're going to have a lockdown before the 27th, Uh, but nobody can figure out why. So because on the 27th, their emergency powers end and they've got to have a lockdown to extend it. Uh. It's sure as hell they're not going to let it slip through their fingers. They've got it now. They're not going to get rid of it. Mm. (coughs) So there'll be a lockdown. One day, snap lockdown. You (laughs) watch. Just because. So they keep their emergency powers. Um, But anyway. Average consumer spends $273 a month on subscription services. They're spending more than ever on subscription services, according to a new report. Because um, they're huge, p- 2,500 people they polled. <laughs> anyway. Uh, but ha- they polled on how much they spent, a variety of subscription services. Funny people are spending 15% more than they did in 2018. Um, the type of subscriptions have also expanded as more companies create digital platforms to lure investment customers. Uh, the average consumer surveyed said they spent $273 a month on subscription, up from 237 in 2018. It was about an extra $430 a year. The researchers behind the study were also very interested in people's perception of how much they spend each month on subscriptions, finding that most people underestimate how much they actually spend. All the respondents of the survey were unaware of how much they actually spent on the subscription, and off the top of their heads, most needed more than two tries to get even close. In 2021, percent underestimated what they spend. In 18 84% underestimated how much they spent. Nearly half of those underestimated were off by between up to $300. <laughs> um, about 70% of respondents subscribed to mobile phone services and home Wi-Fi services as well as TV and movie providers. Half of all respondents had Amazon Prime. Wow. The rest of this very wildly, uh, ranging from music, streaming sites, gaming services, cloud storage, home security, newspapers, fitness apps, dating apps, meal services. There's also an increase in number of people using uh subscription boxes. Like those you know, Doll Shave Club and and whatever, those sort of All things. right. Yep. <coughs> you know, meat to you and all that sort of stuff. Hello, fresh. Yeah. Um Other subscriptions included book services like Kindle and Audible, and Dropbox, iCloud, OneDrive, that sort of stuff. Tinder, Match, Harmony, other dating sites featured predominantly alongside fitness apps like MyFit, Pass, Lose It, and Fitbit. So what you're saying is the people who had the app, fitness apps, had the the dating apps. Like, <laughs> is that what you're trying to say? <laughs> you got to go on a date. You want to be fit. <laughs> uh, respondents had a number of newspaper and magazine subscriptions, as well as gaming services like PlayStation and Xbox Game. ADT and Ring dominated home security. Uh, well, identity protection like Lifelock and Identity Guard were popular as well. Um, Netflix, Hulu, cable services, um, stuff like that were next. So, yeah, so. <coughs> it's it um, a lot of money to spend on. I mean. I have (laughs) DIY, um, Diode Magazine, DIY, Diode Magazine. I have a Foxtel, General Foxtel, just a basic package. And um, Humble Bundle. But each of those are $10. Yeah. Well, I mean, the Fox tells like 20 bucks a month, but Humble Bundle and die at uh, 10 bucks. Yep. That's the end of my subscription services. (laughs) I've got uh, Netflix, Disney Plus, Crunchyroll,
0: Ring Doorbell, a couple of Twitch subscriptions, and I support, uh, again, as of this month, Sanctuary Radio because DJ Rob needs the monies he can get to help playing really cool music again.
2: So, those yeah. are my main ones. But I can't imagine spending three hundred bucks a month on subscriptions. Yeah, um, I can't imagine spending three hundred bucks on anything, to be honest. But <laughs> um, but definitely, I I've got a couple of Patreons in there, but they're only like four or five dollar. What's that? Yep. worst case scenario? I'm probably spending fifty bucks a month, and even that really I, is. Higher than I'd like it to be, but um, I've, I'm actually gonna, yeah, I've culled... I did cold two or three others I had in there recently, but even with those, it was still less than a hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's a lot of money. Like two hundred, like three hundred bucks a month. You can do a lot with three hundred bucks. Like, <laughs> I, I, I used to live on three hundred bucks a month. Yeah. At one time, <laughs> so. Eh, uh, I don't know. Oh, breaking news. DDoS attacks are becoming more, more prolific and more powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, and something else too that's interesting. I don't know if you remember from, yeah, I want to say late 80s, early 90s. Um, Chernobyl virus. Yep. It was touted as the deadliest computer virus like, it's single-handedly caused more trouble than anything else. Uh, it's having a resurgence. Oh, wow. Mm. Um, I don't know if it's the original guy who did the original one or if it's just okay. a copycat, uh, but it's been recoded to work with new hardware and new software, so apparently Chernobyl's on the rise. Get your Panda software downloaded now. Yeah, which is interesting because you don't normally hear of old viruses coming back like that. No, no, Um I had one the the most annoying not wasn't devastating it wasn't it was just annoying. <laughs> it was the Michelangelo. Michelangelo oh, yeah. virus. And all it did was screw up your display. And, oh, like, right. Made it w- wavy and put like random pixels and stuff all over it but so annoying.
0: <laughs> <clears throat> I remember with like DOS or something, my uncle had got the stoner virus. Stoner, yeah. And it would say, something wonderful has happened. (laughs) Give
2: you a big happy face. and Okay, let's go find some antivirus software. (laughs) Yeah. Which really was like, what? Vet. Yeah. Vet or (laughs) Norton. I think that's about it. (laughs) Vet and Norton probably was about it back then. I don't even know if Norton was a thing. It would have been Vet. Yeah, Vet and Norton probably. Mm. Um... I used Vet, for, man. I used Vet for years, yep, years and years and years, and then they <laughs> just disappeared off the face of the earth. I think I stopped using Vet. I think I, they went away in two thousand. Oh uh, right. About two thousand. That's when I stopped using them. Yep. Um, and then went to yeah. So that's when I discovered AVG. And I used AVG. AVG and then Avast. Well, I used AVG for probably the next 15 years and then I discovered Avast because AVG was getting bloated and slow. Yep. I was about 2010 or 12, I discovered Avast. I used that. And then about 2018 or so, I discovered Panda. Yep. Me too. Predominantly use that now. Yep. It's a good one. So.
0: Get it on there. Thanks for listening to the Aussie Tech Head Show. We can be found at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon, and Coffee. Email us will or warlock at aussietechheads.com.au and go to aussietechradio.com. 24 7 playback of tech related shows. See you next time. Bye.